military tensions between the U.S., China, and Russia, with the U.S. Navy sending destroyers to the coast of Alaska last week after nearly a dozen Russian and Chinese warships were spotted patrolling nearby international waters, very nearby. Weijia Zhang is at the White House for us with more on what all this means. Weijia, good morning. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning to everybody. Alaska Senator Dan Sullivan called the size of the Chinese and Russian joint operation unprecedented. He says the U.S. deployed four Navy destroyer ships near the Aleutian Islands in response to those 11 Chinese and Russian warships near U.S. waters. The U.S. Northern Command says the Chinese and Russian patrol remained in international waters and wasn't considered a threat. But the show of force is a reminder of the cooperation of Chinese and Russian militaries, as well as how close the countries are to Alaska. A similar joint exercise took place last year in September. The U.S. Coast Guard encountered seven Chinese and Russian ships near Alaska, all in a single formation. Now, China and Russia have increased their ties amid tensions with the U.S. over Taiwan and Ukraine, making situations like this more alarming. In a statement to other media outlets, the Chinese embassy said this patrol was part of an annual cooperation plan and has nothing to do with the current international and regional situations. That's the reality, folks. America's choices drive Russia toward China. Welcome back to more War Mondays here on the Rob Mana Show, where the Red Voice Media Network gives you the facts and the truth. That makes us very dangerous, according to some folks. Uh, and if you haven't caught the show, RBM Roundup uh, that's on before me, uh, they're doing live call-ins using X Spaces now, and it sounds great, and it looks great, so check it out. Uh, RBM Roundup, hosted by Chad Caton. I'm fired up. Russia and China have begun to show their mutual defense agreement words through actions on the high seas through this joint operation appearing as a freedom of navigation exercise approaching Alaska's Aleutian Island chain. Uh, this action comes in addition to Russia selling energy resources over land to China and China providing resupply to Russia for its ongoing special military operation, a.k.a. the war in Ukraine, which we don't we don't approve of. Unfortunately, the Ukraine counteroffensive continues to stall with very little territory gained and the Russian armed forces retaking much of that territory that they lose fairly easily. The Russian armed forces have begun counterattacking in the northeast area, regaining territory they lost last year in stunningly large numbers, read that kilometers, as compared to the puny meters the Ukrainian armed forces have barely managed to take back in their ongoing counteroffensive. Russia continues to use strategic air attacks nightly to decimate the Odessa port area and other major strategic targets around the country, and has begun stopping shipping in the Black Sea as of just about 48 hours ago that's headed to Ukraine and for inspections. Overall, we, the United States, continue to lose, both militarily and politically, <laughs> with a majority of Americans saying they want funding to Ukraine to end in a recent poll. And it wasn't just a fly-by-night pollster, either. It was one of the major polls. Well, our guest today is uh, retired Navy Commander Dr. Randy Arrington, also a doctor of political science. Uh, well, uh, Commander, uh, welcome back to the Rob Manus Show. 
you know, I wanted to lead with that because there were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of media around the, the video of that joint operation there showing the Russian and Chinese Navy vessels. Uh, and a lot of people missed the little, the, the small part of that, the footnote in that, uh, that clip that says, well, we do this every year. You know, we did this last year too and all that stuff. Uh, uh, but it says something, it makes a statement that they're doing it now too, even amongst the heightened tensions over Taiwan and Ukraine, doesn't it? Yes, and the Colonel, it's always good to be with you on the Rob Manis live show. Uh, my ears uh, want to hear the truth and my mouth wants to speak the truth. And we know that's what we get, uh, no matter if you're a snowflake or not, you're gonna hear the truth uh, from Rob Manis and Dr. Randy Ehring. And the, the lady was correct in the sense that, well, she said it was unprecedented, it's not unprecedented. You know, they've been doing this yeah. since 19, 2019. And the, the problem is politically, we've always used the CIA and our State Department to pit those two nations against one another. They're, they're both Marxist communists, but we've always pitted them against one another. We didn't want them to join forces. And I'm not sure right now that they are really going to join forces. You know, Zai, and they, they met, I think in March, he went to uh, the, the Kremlin to meet with Putin and they, they signed a few things, but really nothing has come to fruition, like some sort of a uh, gas pipeline, energy pipeline from Siberia into China. Uh, they are exchanging uh, information, but we gotta realize this is something that we do to them and they do to us. It's part of that cat and mouse game, which I'm sure you were part of in the B1 and when you're in the Pentagon, it happens all the time. And we just need to make sure that we keep ahead of them. And I've been to the Aleutian Island, it's beautiful, but it's very, very close to Russia and China, and in specific the Kamchatka Peninsula, which my aircraft carrier used to uh, you know, fly us off the coast of Kamchatka quite often when we did those cruises. So this happens all the time. Uh, I would tell people, don't swing at pitches in the dirt. We're not gonna allow them to beat us. Nobody can beat us. Here's our strategy, people. We win, they lose. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you're right, you're right. But, you know, the Cold War that we participated in, uh, uh, we had the capability, in addition to the political will, to force the Soviet communists uh, really to disintegrate. The Soviet Union disintegrated because of those two things. And those two things only, our, our national leadership's political will and uh, and our capability was built uh, and respected around the world, Doc. Uh, uh, and, and we're just not, we just don't live in that world anymore, do we? Uh, that's thanks to the guy that's in the White House who is a puppet of the Marxist cabal that's running the show. People think that Biden is running the show, he's not. And uh, you saw that this weekend when he was on the beach, you know, all the stuff's happening. I have friends that live in Maui and they told me it's just, it's like yeah. a, a carpet bomb, Doc. And they asked him about it while he was on the beach. He said, no comment. And yet he just sent another 200 million to Zelensky out there in, in the Ukraine. So we've got somebody in the White House who's not really running the show. It's the Marxists who run the show. And it's, trust me on this one subject, it is uh, Barack Obama and Susan Rice and all the, the little uh, people that are Marxists. They've been Marxists forever. They want to destroy your country. And true American patriots are beginning to wake up. I see this. I hear this all the time. People call me, they're waking up, and that's why we do this show. That's why I put out my videos to educate people with the truth. And uh, you know, the, the only 
I think the only people in Washington that think that we're winning the war, that Putin has lost the war, is when Biden makes certain statements or the NSA. Russia is winning the war. Ukraine is a above-ground graveyard, Colonel. Now wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> now we're gonna we're gonna get specific in the last segment, and we're gonna do a, an okay. update. I've got some video to show about the uh, Russia and Ukraine, but uh, that's a pretty flat-out statement. You know, I mean, you're sound, starting to sound like me. That uh, look, I think Russia's winning the war. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, uh, but I'm still taking a little bit of a risk by saying that because I don't have I don't have day-to-day. Uh, intelligence from on the ground that's reliable, you know, neither side of this stuff that you get on social media is reliable enough to make it a flat out, you know, statement that this is actually happening. Uh, what do you, what do you base that observation on? Uh, I, I have, Commander Arrington, because, because, because you, I know you're watching it close too. I am. And I've got uh, former colleagues of mine, uh, both uh, military and that are now in the State Department, that I contact, and they contact me and they tell me the truth. And I can't tell their names because that would you know, compromise mm-hmm. their position, but that's what they're telling me. And uh, you got people in the NSA and, and some people in the State Department and, and uh, Biden uh, saying that, you know, that uh, Zelensky's winning and uh, that Putin is losing. Not true, Colonel. Not true. You know, you know that Russia is winning this war. They are a much better equipped, better trained, better talented militarily fighting force than Ukraine. I know that, but I'm trying to convince the audience that what they're being fed is a flat-out lie, uh, like you just said. I mean, every time the guy opens his mouth, uh, it makes me laugh. Uh, exactly. Uh, and, and then you go you go and do the research, you know, to what we have access to, open source intelligence, uh, what I have access to. Uh, and some behind-the-scenes stuff that that we get that we find that gets printed uh, by folks that were actually there on the ground. But you still have to weed through the propaganda pieces, even in even in that information, because usually it's uh, it's somebody that the West has sent there. So you know, so if the Atlantic Council or somebody like that has sent a team in, uh, uh, you have to look at the facts that they put out. But you can't read a, you can't weave in their their flowery language of we're winning, uh, which is always invariably there, uh, you know. But uh, the more I see uh, uh, of the things that I can see and figure out uh, and put the facts together, it looks like Russia is winning. If winning means uh, consolidating their control over that Donbass region and retaking anything that's still outside of those lines that need that they see as part belonging to that region, there's some small areas all along that that front. Uh, I think that uh, that they be lost in this counteroffensive. Very small areas there, or or they lost when they retreated back to that region and established their main defensive lines last year when they failed, really, uh, to uh, to hold anything. And I'm not sure their plan was to actually hold anything to the West, quite honestly, based on the way things have played out. But uh, they, didn't, they did not hold anything. They failed there and they retreated back in there. But they're pretty close, I think, to where they could say, yep, we have the Russian-speaking territory uh, the independent, uh, you know, republics that broke away, and uh, we can protect them 
enough to where we can say, okay, we're going to declare victory uh, and get the Ukraine to uh, come to the negotiating table. Do you think that could happen? I think America needs to organize peace talks and bring this killing to an end right now. Uh, this, this catastrophe, and I call it that, uh, must end right now. Making peace, Colonel, uh, should be the goal uh, of the people in Washington, the officials in Washington, not continuance uh, of this bloody conflict. You know, uh, a lot of people tell me it doesn't matter how many Ukrainians die, Dr. A. The West doesn't seem to care. And uh, it's, it's almost like Putin thought that the United States would care, would be horrified when they saw what was happening. Well, the officials in Washington are not. So one might ask, why? Why do they not want to negotiate an end to this bloody conflict? Well, Ukraine is now a huge cash cow for the military-industrial complex, and it's a money laundering operation for corrupt individuals. Now, that might sound hard to hear for you snowflake ears, but that's mm -hmm. exactly what's going on. So why do you, uh, the money laundering operation, we I haven't really had a chance to ask you questions about that uh, in our series on Ukraine that we've done together here since we started the live show, Dr. Errington. Why do people say it's a money laundering operation? Explain that at the citizen level. Uh, you know, I mean, I get it. Uh, I've worked in the government uh, on the DOD budget, the Air Force budget, uh, uh, which are hundreds of millions, of, you know, obviously hundreds of millions of dollars. The 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 dark budget, like what most of the Space Force budget is, and all of the intelligence, the military intelligence budget that the American people don't have insight into. Uh, but I've never seen the fact trail that shows me that something's a money laundering operation. But a lot of people use that phrase, and you just used it. Uh, let's talk about that after the break. We've got to take our first break. We'll be right back. And we'll also look at a short video about the see what and talk about the relationship between China and Russia a little more. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network. We'll be right back. We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. 
Attention, my fellow Americans. You know, breaking news, Biden's dangerous plan for the digital dollar, as you just saw there, is being implemented as we speak. Don't be fooled by this craziness. It's not going to benefit you. Act now before it's too late. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow, that's the key phrase, FedNow, started on July 1st of this year. Brace yourselves. Many people are being caught off guard by this. Your hard-earned assets are really at risk, but there's a way to legally opt out of the digital dollar in time, and how you ask with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833-2USA-GOLD. That's right. Call now. 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833-2USA-GOLD right now. 833-287-2465. That's right. Call them right now. 833-287-2465. You know, a lot of folks uh, uh, talk about the relationship between China and Russia and that Russia's the junior partner. But... Uh, before we start our next discussion in this segment with uh, Dr. Errington, uh, Disco, why don't you show, show clip two? Made a show live on the Red Voice Media Network. We're talking with retired U.S. Navy commander uh, and attack pilot, Dr. Randy Arrington. He's also a political science uh, uh, PhD and uh, college professor in said uh, said uh, courses and those kind of things. So he knows a lot about what's going on in the world. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to use that video clip, Dr. Arrington, but when I came across it, that it keeps sticking in my mind, and I hear. I hear the punditry say this all the time, that Putin's the junior partner of Chi, and he doesn't like it, or, or he likes it, he doesn't care, et cetera. Uh, I guess trying to frame the relationship between Russia and China uh, as the, uh, you know, the, the big guy, <laughs> to coin a phrase, uh, and, and his little buddy. Uh, but that that video right there didn't show it that way, especially when you contrast that with the way American leaders and diplomats are being treated by the Chinese when they go visit. I mean, they treat us like trash now, as if we are a third-rate power, quite honestly. And they're getting away with it. But they certainly didn't do that there, did they? What are your thoughts on that before we get to the money laundering discussion? Uh, I've been to Red Square, and uh, but I've never been inside that building. That was just a majestic study. And mm -hmm. anybody that thinks Putin is a junior partner to 
Zai, whatever the hell I pronounce his name, is delusional. Is delusional. Russia, like I said, I said this before in your show, it's almost like Russia, when they get into a conflict, almost have to lose, almost lose the conflict, the war, before they win the war. They're a very resilient people. They have been for a thousand years. And for a thousand years, they've been nothing but a totalitarian state. That's what they know. But when they are a challenged and their nation, their nation is challenged, they, they have great nationality, feelings of nationality, they step forward, their patriots step forward and fight. And they were one of the big reasons that we're not speaking German today. They helped yeah. in a great manner to win that World War II. And so, um, I, you know, I, I met a lot of people over there. The Russian people are very nice, but it's like this country. It's the politicians that are screwed up. The politicians yeah. take Marxism right to heart, and they truly believe that they will rule the world one day. Just like Islam thinks they're going to rule the world, and Marxism in China, they think they're going to rule the world. Well, they're not. I'm telling you right now, again, we win, they lose. So he's not a junior partner to, to China in any respect. I, I, I'm yeah. told that China's economy is very close to collapse. I don't know that it's close to collapse. I, I read those reports too. Uh, uh, I mean, w look, we've built a very strong economy in that country, and and they're not doing the things to themselves that we do. I mean, they 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 they've got over a thousand coal uh, uh, power plants, and they're building more. <laughs> you know, they're not they're not strangling themselves uh, uh, with like climate change policies, et cetera you know, forcing their economy to go to all electric vehicles by 2035, which is never going to happen, by the way. Never. Uh, uh, a lot of things will collapse before that happens in this country. Uh, but I'll tell you what, that my diesel, turbo diesel truck's going to be sitting in my driveway if I'm still living <laughs> in 2035, uh, uh, and it's going to be running every day uh, if I'm still living in 2035. Uh, there's no guarantees in this life. But, but... So, so I think I think their economy is uh, is shaky a little bit because of some of the things you know, like what we've done, with, like tariffs and those kind of things. Uh, but Biden's pulled a lot of that off now, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, and the Russian economy uh, it's growing. It's not being really significantly hurt. And I hear our experts in the West say that their economy is. Uh, the Russian economy is also collapsing, but it just doesn't appear to be that way. Uh, and you and I both watched the Soviet Union's economy disintegrate uh, right. right before the eyes of the world. Uh, but we're not we're not seeing that. I mean, their their industrial production appears to be uh, in pretty good shape. They have to get some parts and and those kind of things from places like Iran and China, which they apparently are able to do. Uh, they're buying uh, drones from Iran pretty regularly uh, uh, and able to get them, you know? So so I'm not sure, uh, well, I am sure. I, I'm sure Russia's winning. Uh, uh, it's just gonna depend on what their, their final, you know, strategic objective is once they meet that uh, uh, and declare victory, what, where we go from there. If we only had an American statesman that could step up uh, and uh, get them both to the table, it would, it would end a lot sooner, quite frankly. And, uh, uh, but I, don't, I just don't think there's any appetite for it because of the, what you said before the break, Doc, the money laundering operation. Explain to the audience 
why you use that phrase. Somebody who is a political science expert, an expert on presidential power, uh, uh, a national security academic and practitioner uh, would say something like that. If I'm a politician and I have the authority and power to send money over to Ukraine, send weapons, which is money, over to Ukraine to keep them fighting against a far superior adversary, that helps the military-industrial complex because they sell weapons. Well, guess what the military-industrial complex does for those politicians? They send money, millions of dollars, into political action committees to keep those politicians in power. The number one goal, and I've said this to my students in the university classes, the number one goal of any politician is to get reelected. That's what they do 24-7. Everything they do, look at the historical context, the political context, it's what they say, what they do is to help them get reelected. And so the military-industrial complex is benefiting from this huge cash cow sending stuff over to Ukraine and, and creating more stuff, more product that gets sold. They, they make more money for their, their companies, and then they funnel a, lot, a large portion of that money back to these politicians in the form of, I'm not going to say it's corruption, like you know Biden is getting money from Ukraine and offshore accounts, that sort of stuff, which I'm sure has happened. But mm -hmm. they, get, they get funneled back into political action committees, which don't have a limit on how much money they can give, donate to a, a candidate. These political action committees then go out and, and, and do things with that money to get that specific politician reelected and keep them in the seat of power. And it's a money laundering position. And folks, you can go to the Federal Election Commission's uh, website and, and word search it. Word search your congressman, your senator, uh, and then uh, and make yourself a list of all of the military-industrial complex companies like Northrop Grumman, et cetera, uh, and, uh, and then search that on their specific reports because they have to do a donation report, uh, you know, and uh, depending on what's going on at the time, uh, it's, you know, every month sometimes, every six months, every year, depends, like I said, quarterly, uh, depends on what that that is. And I think we lost uh, uh, Dr. Errington there for a second. Uh, he'll be right back. But one of the things I'm going to talk to him about when he does come in is uh, is we want to know what is going on with China as much as what we want to stay up to date on the Ukraine-Russia war and the West's involvement there. Uh, and in the next segment, Doc, we're going to we're going to talk Chinese spies in the U.S. Navy uh, a little bit uh, because I think it's very important. I mean, we really are at the brink of World War III and potentially a, a really higher potential of nuclear, strategic nuclear exchange than we've ever been. I think the doomsday clock has been moved to 90 seconds. It's never been that close uh, to, uh, to midnight, midnight uh, and that was not too long ago when they did that. So. It's not just us crazy people out here, <laughs> uh, you know, and I say that in light because people say some of us are crazy, but we have, you have two national security professionals. We've done this all of our lives uh, since uh, me, since I was in my teens. Uh, I think we know what we're talking about and we see what we're seeing, you know, but uh, so, so, so if you go look at, let's say I'm going to go, I'll, I'll, I'll get Senator Wicker is my, is my, uh, 
uh, senator, one of my senators here in Mississippi. I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll research his FEC report. I haven't really done that yet, and I'll pull out all of the all of the defense contractor donations to him, and we'll see how much he gets. Uh, now, that's that's a, doesn't necessarily mean that that they shouldn't donate to him. We have a large defense complex on the Gulf Coast down here, uh, especially shipbuilding uh, and the Stennis Space Center with a, with our, with there's defense uh, capabilities there too. So he should, he and the other senators should, and our politicians down here should be talking to those uh, defensive industries. And But the money does talk, doesn't it? It gets access. They have a lot more access than I have to that senator, don't they? I used to put that on the board for my students. Money, I put money sign dollars equals access. Access to a politician is huge. If you can yeah. sit down with a politician, whoever it is, wherever they are, and get three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes at a time, that is huge. And you know that you you ran for Senate against Cassidy, and that's exactly mm -hmm. what somebody wants. They want access to these politicians. And I've had access to a few of them in my time, and it's 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 invigorating, it's empowering to go up mm -hmm. there to Washington D.C. and walk through those those hallowed halls, which I still think they're hallowed halls. But we've got some people right now that are in the House and Senate and the White House that should not be there, and they're, we're not. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this before. We're not electing our best and brightest. We're electing these knuckleheads that that got no business being there. And how do they get their Colonel money? money that's yeah. how they get there and that's how they stay there you know uh, uh i'm not a fan of mitch mcconnell or or chuck schumer or joe biden they, they've all been in washington dc far too long and you know power corrupts but absolute power corrupts absolutely and that's where they're at right now they'll do anything they have to do including destroy the institutions of this country to keep a guy like donald trump from getting back in the white house and exercising the power of the people to destroy to destroy the rogue government and put it back in its constitutional place where it belongs, serving yeah. us. Uh, and they are going to do that. They're very obvious about it right now. Well, we've got to take our next break, Doc. And when we come back, we'll uh, we'll look at uh, uh, who are the spies for the Chinese Communist Party that are in the U.S. Navy. I'm Rob Manus. This is the Rob Manus Show on the Red Voice Media Network. Moms and dads of America, you love your kids, you love God, you love this country, and you're tired of watching companies betray your values and ruin great products. Don't get angry. Invest your time, energy, and money into the people that are building the country you want for your kids and standing for the values that will lead to their blessing and protection. Invest in companies like Brave Books, they are on a mission to create content for kids that is safe for them to enjoy. They have kids' books that teach about character, hard work, and the value of being brave. If you join their Book of the Month Club, you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-God, pro-American values. Brave books will not betray your trust. Your children and your grandchildren will thank you. Remember... The land of the free depends on the homes of the brave.
This one's on me, bud. First time ever, a San Diego service member has been charged with espionage for selling secret documents to China. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Carlo Chiquetto. And I'm Jesse Pagan in for Marcella Lee. Petty Officer Patrick Way was stationed at Naval Base San Diego on board the USS Essex. CBS 8's David Gofferson was in federal court this afternoon when prosecutors said Way told another sailor he was involved in espionage. The 22-year-old petty officer pleaded not guilty in federal court Thursday afternoon, one day after being arrested at Naval Base San Diego on espionage charges. Patrick Way worked as a machinist on board the USS Essex. He had a security clearance and sent classified material to a Chinese intelligence officer between March 2022 and as recently as two days ago, according to San Diego's U.S. attorney, Randy Grossman. Our indictment alleges that over the course of more than a year and on multiple occasions, Wei sent national defense information to China, including documents, photos, videos, and technical manuals. Prosecutors said Wei collected between ten dollars and $15,000 from his Chinese intelligence officer, while at the same time working to become a U.S. citizen. The officer even congratulated him when he became a U.S. citizen in May of 2022. A second Navy petty officer, 26-year-old Thomas Zhao, is in custody in Los Angeles, facing bribery and conspiracy charges for allegedly passing classified records to the Chinese government. Zhao worked at Naval Base Ventura County and is accused of accepting $15,000 in bribes from a Chinese handler. Mr. Zhao transmitted operational plans for a large-scale U.S. military exercise in the Indo-Pacific region which details specific location. Welcome back to the Rob Ada Show. We're live here on the Red Voice Media Network where we dare to bring you the facts and the truth. Uh, and uh, you don't have to put up with the government propaganda forced into your brains by their instruments of media, the mainstream media, which includes Fox News, by the way. Uh, you can come to us. Uh, we're independent. And we only believe in the facts and the truth. Uh, and we'll give you some of our opinions, too. Uh, but we're not going to give you uh, facts that aren't true. Uh, and we're not going to push falsehoods at you. And we're talking with uh, retired U.S. Navy Commander Dr. Randy Arrington today uh, uh, on our More War Monday show, you know, talking about the uh, potential for World War III and how our choices have driven Russia and China so much more closer together than they have ever been, really, even in the days when both were communists, uh, officially communist governments. Uh, uh, they haven't been this close. Uh, but because of our wonderfully stupid decisions, here we sit. Now, that's just two Chinese spies in the U.S. Navy. And I don't know if you picked up on it, Doc, but, but uh, uh, one of those guys is not a U.S. citizen either. 
So we put a Chinese national that's coming to the country into the United States Armed Forces. So I got a question for the audience. Do you think if I sent my 26-year-old son to China that they would embrace him and let him join their military? Absolutely not. We are <laughs> we are gullible. I mean, this, that can be good sometimes. We're, we're emotional people. We want to give people chances. Yeah. But it also can be detrimental to us. We need to be more suspicious of what's going on. And don't get me wrong, people, we spy on them as much as they spy on us. Trust me that we do. That's just the way it is. And some of our allies spy on us, and we spy on our allies. That's what countries do because they're afraid of anybody out there that might be able to harm our, our nation. And so we spy on them, they spy on us. But I would call these two guys discount spies, where you, they got $15,000 for doing this. John Walker... <laughs> Uh, he had his spy ring. They, he got $15,000 a week for doing what he did. Chief War Officer mm -hmm. uh, John Walker, he's probably the, it was during the Reagan administration. He was probably the worst, uh, most detrimental spy to the United States from a military perspective uh, ever. Yeah. And his son, too. He recruited his son, didn't he? Walker? Yes. Yes. Yeah. What, yeah. what is it with the Navy guys? Now, we have to do a little bit of inter service rivalry here, Doc. Well, yeah. uh, because you guys in the air, you guys in the Air Force, when you're not flying, you're not playing golf, and uh, we're, we're on these ships for six, eight, nine months at a time. We get bored, so uh, you know I'm not trying to make light of this, but again, yeah. we do it to them, they do it to us. We have yeah. to be uh, aware of that as a people. You know, the, the people that are in the positions of power, CIA, FBI, the State Department, all the politicians—they know mm -hmm. this is going on. But we, the people, the majority of the people, are ignorant. I don't mean it in an ugly way. They're ignorant of what's going on. And that can be yeah. a good thing. All, all, all yeah. I want for us to do is leave me alone. Let me live my life, take care of my mm -hmm. family, and take care of my community, and, and continue to live my life. I'll help the government when I, you, you need it by taxation, but just leave me alone. And so yeah. I, I want to have a little bit of uh, uh, ignorance myself, but I can't. As a political science professor, I have to know what's going on uh, in Washington, D.C. I know what's going on in the politicians' minds. I've studied them for many, many years, and sometimes— they have good intentions, but probably most of the time they do not have good intentions for America. Again, their sole number one goal is to get reelected. Whatever they have to do to say or do to get reelected is what they do. Now, you do have some good ones. Don't get me wrong. I, I like a lot of them. I've had lunch with a lot of them. But uh, but most of them, uh, once they get there, and you said it, you know, uh, you know, I think it was uh, Lord Acton said, all power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, and that's what's happening uh, day in and day out in the swamp. And that's why they're afraid yeah. of uh, Donald Trump. And you know this, Colonel. They're afraid of Donald Trump because he's going to expose all that, and then their little yeah. cushy little apple cart goes away. Yeah, if we can ever get it, if we can get him reelected, I hope he hires people like you. You and me. Uh, you and me. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, not necessarily me, but people like you that will tell the truth both to him, but also uh, carry his policies. And when, when, when we talk about loyalty in that arena, we're talking about loyalty to the policy of the guy that was elected, right? I mean, the president of the United States is the only office that's elected by all the people. Yes, we use yeah. the electoral college, but it, that represents all of the people. Uh, so so he, that's why it's such a powerful and should be a powerful uh, office and and it's the president that is supposed to control the executive branch and that is that is out of sync right now 
It's incongruent. The presidential power is so weak, uh, and and the executive branch's non-elected parts of the government is so strong that it's impossible for the president to do what is required of him or her, which is control that executive branch uh, and make it do the will of the people through him, through his policies that he got elected for. Uh, we saw that in the first Trump administration. I was flabbergasted that to see some of the things uh, uh, happening and being done by not just appointees, but civil servants, career civil servants. Uh, so, so we've really got to get a president uh, and realign that power, don't we? We do. And the problem with people that go and work in Washington, D.C., is almost on a daily basis, they're afraid of losing their job, that they feel that power. And I've been there. You, you sense the power when you're walking around inside the rotunda, and, and you, just, you feel it. Mm-hmm. And so these people become what they call victims of groupthink. Nobody wants to tell the president no. Nobody wants to tell the president the bad news. Nobody wants to go against what he's decided he wants to do. You've got to have a devil's advocate. Otherwise, you become a victim of groupthink, and you go down the wrong path, and you make the wrong decisions, which is what happened, uh, as an example, Lyndon Johnson. That's what happened in Vietnam. They went down the wrong path. They could have won that war easily. We we were winning that war. You know that. But Mm -hmm. victims of groupthink said, yes, sir, whatever you say, whatever you say. You got to have somebody that will tell you the truth. No, you're wrong. We're wrong. This is the way we need to go. And I really think that there are uh, a majority of people in Washington, D.C. that have a rational brain that know that Russia has defeated Ukraine and they can't replace those losses. You know, you got, and then the people in the Space Force are looking down on the battlefields and they see the bodies littered on top of the battlefield. And again, I said it's an above-ground graveyard. You didn't like that when I said that, but it's true. It's an above-ground yeah. graveyard. You're killing these poor young Ukrainian kids, and they're, they're recruiting them, they're drafting them, and these kids are going out there. Some of them are refusing to attack the Russians, and they're more afraid of getting murdered by uh, Zelensky's secret police force who are behind them, making sure they go fight, like happened with Stalin during World War II. They're afraid of yeah. that more so than getting killed by a Russian bullet or, you know, a bomb coming their way. And that's happening right now. And, you know, like I said, rational thought, thinking people, they already know that this war is never going to be won uh, by the Ukrainians. Yeah, and the, and the Ukrainian armed forces is hurt so bad. I mean, they're literally kidnapping men off of the street that are draftees that have evaded, I guess, uh, the draft. Uh, I mean, we didn't even see that in the height of the Vietnam. Yes. Uh, there was a draft, but I mean, there weren't bands pulling up on a street corner <laughs> and pulling people off of the street corner and saying, you're going to fight because you look like a military age male uh, that's healthy. You know, uh, it's pretty incredible uh, that we continue, the American people continue to support this. And before we go to the next segment, because it's going to be all, all, all about the, the, the combat uh, update. Uh, in Ukraine itself uh, that I want to talk about, get your thoughts on. But, you know, the American people are saying no now. The the poll I mentioned in my cold open, in my monologue, uh, was uh, 53 or 54 uh, percent, don't hold me to to the exact number, but it's one of those two numbers, are now opposed Mm -hmm. to increase to continuing funding for this. Uh, that hasn't always been that way. I mean, those of us that have been opposed to it have been been uh, on the minority side for quite a while now. Uh, 
uh, and uh, this poll that came out, I think it was last week, is the first one that I've seen from a reliable pollster, a major one, uh, I think it was Gallup, uh, uh, that said, no, we're done, it's time. Uh, because I think people see the writing on the wall. They see the writing on the wall. American boys and girls are gonna be thrown into that meat grinder. Yeah, if this right. continues. Well, we've got to take our last break, Doc. We'll come back. We've got some maps. Of course we do, because we're military guys. Uh, and video of, uh, and an update on what's going on in the combat zone. I'm Rob Manus. This is Red Voice Media Network, the most dangerous network in America. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show here live on the Red Voice Media Network, and uh, we are on more War Mondays. So, uh, Disco, why don't you bring the map up, uh, and I'll show folks what we're going to be talking about uh, during this last segment here. This is a map of Ukraine uh, on your right. Uh, the red area is the, the region that Russia currently has control over, obviously the blue. Uh, to the left is the greater Ukraine, and then uh, the front lines are right there where you see the red circles and blue circles uh, going from northeast down to the southwest there. Uh, and uh, the great offensive is supposed to push the Russians all the way back to the Sea of Azov by now. Way We're way beyond that timeline. Uh, but they've only moved just a few hundred meters uh, at best, and, and they keep losing that too. Uh, but... Uh, Here's a little video of some of the stuff that's been going on today with, before we bring Commander Arrington back in. Hello and welcome to another update. In this one, I'll be covering the latest developments from the front line. Starting out, for the reason you have all clicked on this video, which is the Russians storming the Ukrainian positions as soon as they got their foothold in southern Klishivka. We see here in this video, it starts out with a couple of Russian BMPs and a single tank advancing towards the 
Ukrainian positions here in southern Klitschivka, we see constant deployment of artillery across the area. We also see direct fire from the BMPs on the positions as well as the tank shooting a couple of times. We see the impact of the shells of the BMPs. We also see cluster munitions at the top right of the video. Just taking a look at this, we see exactly what we were expecting to see whenever we see videos but in the end we just end up seeing artillery after artillery after artillery this is the sort of combat that we have been expecting or that we actually saw at the start of the war but we haven't seen from the russian side for a very long time so this is actually this actually surprised me when i saw this video claiming that the russians has managed to recapture these parts seeing the russians launching an attack with a couple of bmps and a tank storming the ukrainian positions as soon as they entered the southern parts of the village and then now they are fighting over it trying to gain control over it and they managed to push the ukrainians out by essentially destroying all the buildings and the forest line here in the south of the village to push the ukrainians out of it this shows that throughout the fighting the russians are really not giving up on this village as i've been saying from the very start of it from the very start of the Ukraine offensive and even before it, Kolshyivka is the bastion of southern Bakhmut defense. The Russians will hold on to it at all costs. On to the Staromayorska area, we see here as well that there is constant fighting in the area. Well, Doc, you can see there that, uh, you know, uh, the Russians with one tank and two BMPs, uh, uh, retook a position that was literally uh, defended uh, by three times as many armored vehicles and tanks and what and other combat vehicles as the Russians did to uh, were using to do that counterattack and uh, it's incredible uh, you know the the Russians have started a major counterattack in the northeast corner up there around Kharkiv and everything. And they've and they they've achieved uh, four or five kilometers uh, into their offensive where the Ukraine's, uh, the Ukrainian armed forces, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I mean, you're, they're counting like in a, a hundred meters as a victory uh, and taking a small village that they've taken once before and then get kicked out of uh, again as a major victory in this counteroffensive. And it, the, the facts just don't bear out what the propaganda on the West says, that, that Ukrainians are, are winning this and they're going to take everything back to Crimea and, and evict the Russians from the entire country. I mean, that's, that's literally what they're saying still, isn't it? Did I get that it right? It is. And, and I think you mentioned in your opening monologue that in addition to the defense in depth holding those positions and actually moving forward, uh, not in inches, increments, but in great amounts of, of territory that they're regaining, uh, they're bombing Odessa, the port of Odessa, every night. And whoever controls Odessa controls what happens in the Black Sea. And there are, there are boarding ships now that are uh, destined to come to Ukraine to see if there's military hardware on there. And, you know, they, the, the Ukraine is uh, not able to uh, get rid of their uh, grain like they used to. They may now go through some of the countries to the north. But, you know, the problem is, and people need to understand this, Washington, D.C., and in, probably in specific, Victoria Newland, uh, basically NATO and Victoria Newland, D.C., baited uh, Putin to invade Ukraine. Why did they do that? I think they reached the conclusion, um, this is my humble opinion, that this was their opportunity to destroy the enemy, Russia. It is not. And so the, the question is, what comes next? I think nobody really wants to 
publicly state or acquiesce to the position that the Russians are in a strategically more powerful and dominant position now than they were before February of last year. So, you know, you got these people that are globalists and they, they want to get rid of national identity in favor of one world identity. The globalist agenda is to destroy, uh, in, in this case, was to destroy Russia and replace Vladimir Putin with somebody else because mm-hmm. he reigns over the last power in Russia that has national sovereignty. They've got a national language. They've got a dominant political culture that they've had for thousands of years. And they also have Orthodox Christianity. And so they want to get rid of that. Why? Because they want one world uh, dominance, one world identity, not multiple identities. And Russia's a big sticking point in that, as is the United States of America. Yeah. Yeah, it's just just very puzzling because, uh, uh, you know, at some point, the people that think they're the good guys in this are going to be shown and proven to be the bad guys. I mean, I was listening to uh, uh, retired Army Colonel Douglas McGregor, who who was a senior advisor in the Pentagon under the Trump administration, uh, and uh, is accused of being a, a Putin puppet uh, and all that stuff. But uh, but he studied these guys, and, and and he actually said it out loud. I think last week he said. When are they going to wake up and realize that we're the bad guys here? We, the Americans, that we're the bad guys here. I mean, that's that's uh, to an old military guy like me that did this his whole life, and my dad did it, my older brother did it, my sons have done it. Uh, to be thought of as the bad guys uh, in a conflict like this is... Uh, it's uh, pretty devastating when you think about it, and I think that's why the American people might be responding in this this polling, and it's probably going to get worse. I'm sure it's going to get worse because I think that's the reality: is that most people do not want us so involved in this that we're going to trigger World War III. If you look back at history, the people that were the Nazis that were party members in, and worked for Hitler and they were in the military, they thought they were the good guys. And the Jews were the little rodents they were getting rid of because they're rodents. They thought they were the good guys. Well, at the yeah. end of the war, they found out they were not the good guys. They were the bad guys. And then they scrambled like roaches because they knew justice was coming their way. You're exactly right, Colonel. The people that are running our country right now are not the good guys. Look at what policies that come out of that, that Washington, D.C. White House almost on a weekly basis. Look what they're doing to the last president of the United States. They're afraid of him. Actually, they're afraid of we the people because, again, I've said this before, I don't agree with everything that Donald Trump does or says, but mostly all of his public policies have been very good for the United States of America and individual mm-hmm. Americans and our freedom. And I want that back in the White House. I want him to come back. His, his, one of his big mistakes when he was in Washington was he allowed his vetting team to select, to you know, recommend uh, people that should not have ever been recommended, like Bill Barr, some of those people that are just D.C. swamp dwellers. And they pretend like they're going to be get on board the Trump train and do the right thing for that yeah. you know, administration, but they they undermine it at every turn. When they go to the Capitol Grill, they talk about how to, how to you know beat Trump in this latest uh, policy he's putting forward. That's the problem. You've got traitors that are in the White House and in you know public positions that don't want the United States to be great again. They don't like the United States. They actually hate the United States. And you know this, Colonel, you and I both love the United States of America. My dad served in the Navy for 20 years. My son was in the Army. 
I love the United States of America, and I know you do too. Yeah, absolutely, Doc. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's just I think what we have here is is Donald Trump represents the line uh, of uh, it's a fault line between the the concept of the career politician, which many of us are trying to pull the United States out of that arena uh, the, or that that mode of thinking and back to uh, the citizen representative the citizen run run government which is it's right. plainly exactly. written in the constitution of the united states that the in the declaration of independence that it's the citizen that delegates their power to the government and when the government is no longer doing its function which is to protect the citizens liberty through various means like the department of defense uh, and those kind of things uh, then it should be it's the citizens duty and right to uh, restructure that government and re-implement a government that will do that. Uh, and uh, I think we are at a fault line, and Donald Trump has, has is, he didn't create the fault line, but but he is the, the individual human being that ended up straddling the fault line, and that's why he had all of these career politician types in his first administration. And he's seen now, uh, God, I hope he's seen it. I mean, nobody's perfect, but but he's 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 not a dumb guy. He's a smart man. Uh, that he can't hire people from within that beltway uh, to get this job done, and you can't just bring just corporate people in either. You got to have people that have experience, Mr. Trump. Hopefully, your team is looking at the pool of people that they need. There are thousands and thousands of them in the United States of America, uh, and they're ready to serve and implement the policies that make America great again and destroy this rogue executive branch government and rebuild it into one that is controllable by a president of the United States. Well, Doc, thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll have you back again soon, I'm sure, because I want to do a show with you where all we talk about is political power and go through the three branches of government uh, and contrast the way it's supposed to be with what we're seeing now, especially the, the, the judiciary. Uh, and uh, So I've got to put that together, but uh, uh, I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, remember the people of Hawaii, uh, in your prayers, uh, especially on the island of Maui, there are, there are many, many uh, uh, dead Americans and whole families. Uh, just before I came on, I learned about a, a, a four-person family, two children and their parents that were killed in their cars uh, trying to get out of town in Lahani. Uh, and uh, so keep them in your prayers uh, and keep those that are supposed to be helping them in your prayers, including the government folks. We want them to be successful. Uh, and uh, I will see you tomorrow on Whistleblower Wednesday. Actually, it's Training Tuesday. Tucker is still laughing. And uh, we'll see you later on the <laughs> <Red Whistle. laughs>